Hello and welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. On today's episode, we've got a guest who's flew in from England to do the Box and Burn Academy, Matt Nuttall. Matt is a world-class personal trainer from Rochdale in England. It's a little small village just outside of Manchester. And we're going to be talking about the comparison of the British fitness industry compared to the American fitness industry, things like uh, the future of the fitness industry, which way we think it's going, and uh, that sort of thing. So, Matt Nuthall, how's it going, mate? It's going great, mate. I've, uh, I've been out here for, for a week now, uh, really enjoyed myself, uh, did the course on Sunday, it was really good, really enjoyed it, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. And beside him, to his right, if you're watching this on YouTube, Kevin Watson, fitness guru, training guru, just a guru in general, Mr. Kev Watson. <laughs> Kev, how's it going, mate? Uh, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. I feel even better because alongside me, I've got none other than Mr. Glenn Six Figure Holmes. Glenn is the highest earning personal trainer trainer in the world. Glenn, what's happening, my mate? What's happening? We've got Matt here. It's going to be a good podcast. Are you we're in it Brentwood is. for a change too. We haven't been the one in Brentwood, Brentwood for a while. Yeah, we're sitting in the Brentwood location, which we're having some negotiations right now with the lease, right, Kev? And We've been in here for three years and yeah. we're looking to negotiate with our lease to get another three or five year, which we should be find out very soon about that, whether we're going to do it or not. If you live in LA and you're looking to lease a commercial don't property, see it, don't see it, don't do see it. not ever, ever work with Douglas Emmett. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, for anyone uh, who's not familiar with Brentwood, it's where OJ Simpson murdered his, his wife. Right down Boom. the street, actually. Right down the street. Right down the street as well. It's where... David Beckham used to live, and yep. uh, Sugar Ray Leonard lives here, and all sorts of other big name celebrities. So, Matt Nuthall, how's mm -hmm. things made? So, tell me, for people who don't know you, just tell us a little bit about yourself in a nutshell, mate. A nutshell, Matt Nuthall in a nutshell. I'm a, <laughs> a personal trainer working out of um, the Village Hotel in Bury. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the Village Hotel, there you go. Um, I've been working there for the past five years, self-employed, but I've actually been a self-employed uh, personal trainer for the past... 13 years now um i've been training now myself for the past well since i was 16 so i'm old now i'm not gonna um you're 36 or 20 year. yeah, 36. yeah I just I'm, th I'm actually 38 this year so. oh, you are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just lowered my age there for me um yeah so that's what i've been doing i literally i've been training day in day out three times four times a week for the past 20 years right as well as being a personal trainer you do some shows the bodybuilding shows right yeah, yeah. It's funny because Aaron Wrigley's just wrote on here uh, what fake tan does Matt use on stage, and I'm just wondering <laughs> what the fuck Aaron Wrigley's doing up at this time in the morning <laughs> right now, watching this live on Facebook. Nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. he's got a picture above above his bed, probably of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've done the bodybuilding shows, and <clears throat> yeah. but now you're you're like full time into personal training. That's your passion. That's your that's yeah, your, what you're writing yeah. to. You've got a bachelor's degree, right? Yeah, bachelor's degree. I've also got um, a certified strength and conditioning specialist uh, with the National Strength and Conditioning Association of America over here, and nice. various other things that I've picked up along the way. Nice. Yeah, it's a long it's a long time. It's been a long road. So what you were telling me earlier on about you, you said you work in the, the village hotel gym, yeah. right? Uh, but you're self-employed. So I'm guessing that you pay rent on the gym and then you yeah, pay as many privates as you want there? Yeah, exactly. I pay rent every month. Um, that just comes out direct debit. And, uh, and then I'm free to train as many people as I want. But there's also, um, there's also trainers that work in there that, that work for the village. So right. 
they kind of have a, a split with their with their money. You know, there's there's like two or three now. There's three self-employed trainers there, and the rest maybe eight and nine right. trainers that work for the gym as well. I was how, going to ask. Sorry, go on, Glenn. How big's the facility there? Have you got? Um, it's quite big. It's decent. It's just had a a, a revamp, um, which it which it needed basically. Um, but it's yeah, it's quite big. I would say, well, the size of this gym you can't see the viewers, but um, yeah, it's this size and a little bit more. Right. Yeah. So that, that's kind of a thing that we're doing with the personal trainers, the outside trainers that can come in, that can, that can rent space, or they yeah, can, yeah. or they can work for us. Yeah. Well, they can't just work for us; they've got to get vetted. But they can, if they work for us, we, we get them clients. And that's kind of the pros and cons about it. So you work for yourself. You've got to get all your own clients. Yeah, the gym yeah. don't help at all. Yeah. How do you get clients? It's Well, I've been in it a long time now. So I guess a, a lot of my clientele comes from, um, it comes from referrals, basically. You know, I might get a little bit out of social media here and there. You know, someone, someone might lose a lot of weight and I'll post a picture of, of that online and then I'll get a few contacts through that maybe but nine times out of ten it's it's a referral you know? right yeah that, that must be a I mean like you see you've been there a long time but I'm guessing that would be pretty difficult and it will be pretty stressful if you're self-employed renting a space and you've just relying on your clients for wages rather oh, yeah. than if you work for a, a place like Boxing Bar or like somewhere else where <clears> you're getting clients give to you and you're doing classes yeah, and you're yeah. getting that constant income. I see income. the pros and cons both ways, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it does get it does get nerve-wracking and for a while um, I would have quiet spells, you know. Um, sometimes January is a quiet spell for me, believe it or not. February picks up and it's busy but overall, over the over the years, you know, I've gone back and done my books and, and that's what I started doing. I used to beat myself up for not being busy um, and I used to worry about things, etc., etc. And now I don't worry because every year I've been up and, you know, uh, from the year before. So I basically right. see it, like I, I put it all on paper, out of my head onto paper so I can see it and I know I've been up and I wouldn't get a pay rise like that in a normal nine-to-five job, yeah. you know. Yeah, you've so. just done an interview for that podcast that you want fight talk is it oh you just did a fight fight talk, talk, fight talk. Nice. Yeah. no you never yeah, done yeah. the podcast an interview for the website and I, oh, read, right. and I read the interview it's really good where you're talking about and our kev can relate to this a lot about when you when you you had a job and then you start you thought you work for a gym and then you thought nah i'll earn more money if i do it by myself and he says yeah, yeah. he used to travel to people's houses traveling all the time with the equipment in the back of his car yeah you remember them days kev Wait. i do yeah. i remember those days it's, it's not it's not the most efficient way to work that's for damn sure no yeah and that's what he said that's especially, how we cut up it especially when you own a, a citroen saxo which is a car which is probably the same size as these two <laughs> two boxes <laughs> like put together here. Yeah, 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 yeah it's a little it's bit bigger than the small car but yeah. yeah i mean we've we've done that where we're traveling and i I'm, it was a bit of a nightmare where you've got the equipment in the back of your car it takes you 30 minutes to get there you train them for it with 30 minutes to get back and then yeah, by yeah. the end of it you you're working two hours. It's two hours of time yeah. for getting paid for one hour. Do you know what? Just, you just reminded me of a funny story with the Citroen Sag. So I, I got a client that was uh, up in the hills and, and the sat-nav led me through uh, these, this dirt track and the, car, the bottom of the car was bottoming out. And uh, <laughs> you know, I was wrecking the exhaust and what have you. And then there was like, I, I had to keep going. I couldn't stop. I had to keep going because I couldn't go backwards because it was too dangerous. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I'm driving down the road and like there's Fucking a big puddle. <laughs> there's, there's a big puddle and I'm still not at this client's house. I'm nowhere near 
it, but there's a big puddle. So I thought, I'll go through that one. I went through the first puddle, and the second puddle was more like a fucking lake than a puddle. <laughs> and I remember getting in there, and in, in the puddle, I thought, I've got to make it, because I could see the end of the, the end of the road there, but I couldn't, I couldn't get there. So I, I'm driving through, and the car starts floating backwards <laughs> and forwards like this, and I was like, oh, shit. So I called my dad, and my dad's like, leave the engine running. We don't want the water going in the exhaust. I'm like, right, okay. But like an idiot, I opened the door to get out and all the water flooded oh, in. And I swear, you know, the center console where your gear stick is, I don't, you don't really have them here, but the whole thing was covered in water. And I had to get the client who I was going training, who lived around the corner, they came in like a four before and told me. Out. Oh, yeah. oh, it was devastating, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, and I can imagine being them times, I bet your biggest worry wasn't, Oh, room we call. The biggest worry would have been, I need to get this client. Yeah, I'm not yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. let the client down. I can't let the client down. I yeah. should have had the client push me out of the water and then said, "That's your warm up." Yeah. So was that, that? That's the end of your. That's the end of your going to there. Now you need a solid gym to work out once yeah, you've done that shit, right? Yeah. 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 It's uh, the stability, isn't it? Uh, so now your plan is to come, move to LA, yes. and work in Box and Burn. Yes. Right. Let's let's talk a little bit about that and, and where that where that dream come from. That dream came from, where did that dream came from? It's been so long now. Um, we, we came on our honeymoon, actually. We rented a camper van and did like the Pacific Coast Highway, Vegas. We came again, we went to, I'd say it was, it's quite funny, actually. Then I came on, on holiday and I, I met you and talked about the job, etc. And uh, we came back and we started the, the whole visa process. And then after that, we, we actually, my wife won... Um, a trip on on Capital FM. Shout out to Capital FM. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, so she won an all expenses paid trip to um, to LA, and she literally phoned me up like it was eight thirty in the morning. I was just starting work, and she she phones me up out of the blue, and she's like, uh, "We're going to LA. We're going to LA." I said, "I know, I know. We're going. Just bear with it. It's going to take a bit of time. We'll just keep working towards that." <laughs> she goes, "No, you dickhead. We're going to LA." And I'm like, what do you mean we're going to LA? She said, we're going in June. I've just won this trip on the radio. I'd literally just switched radio stations and, uh, and missed it. Yeah, it's mental. Yeah. So I messaged him straight away and I'm like, listen, mate, if this isn't fate and I'm not supposed to work here, I don't know what is. So we hooked up and I trained, trained you and then I'm back again. I can't yes. get enough of the place. But right. again, and how many yeah. classes have you done? Like the boxing man classes. Uh, this week, week I was just messing like about. And I just yeah, fifteen. You yeah. know, but I, I really enjoyed it. I done the seven o'clock class. I done the eight o'clock class. You know, I just well, I figured they've got nothing else to do. You know what <laughs> I mean? And I'm here to. I want to meet people and, yeah. and chat to people. So we want more people like Michael comes over here, wants to work <clears> classes and wants to work for free. So you ah, work for yeah, free, yeah, loads of free, <laughs> free, yeah, free exactly. labour. Yeah. Uh, but you've got experience, you met some good people, you've been watching the met TV show. Good people, like, He's yeah. been watching the TV show Kingdom, and yeah. then he bumps into Frank Willow in the Boom. gym. Never yeah. knew he was a client here. And Guys in the gym, sound, absolutely sound guy. Helped me out massively, yeah, sparred with me. He pretty much beat the shit out of me. <laughs> I kind of let him because he's an actor, you know, I don't want to do anything <laughs> to his face. So. That, was, that was great. Uh, yeah. Frank's a good guy, and you've met loads of other people in yeah. the gym. and. So now to get your visa to get here, you need some publicity. Publicity, that's it. I guess this is uh, some some part of publicity right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because what, what you need to do to get a visa, now we, we, we try to do the thing where our company, and Kevin, I need to talk about this later because I support, support the lawyer, but it's, things have changed, where we want to try to use our company as a, as a we change it to an entity company where we can sponsor British people to come over. Now we can't do that anymore. I, can't, I need to know the ins and I don't know the ins and outs of it. But now what we can do, we can still sponsor people, but you've got to have a, 
uh, extraordinary ability, basically. Yeah, you've got to be an, an X-Men, basically. <laughs> and, uh, my head fits the bill. I look a bit like Professor X. <laughs> yeah, I should have just wheeled in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so what Matt needs to do now is really is get publicity. He's already trained a lot of um, athletes, like well, the boxer Scott Quigger, who was a former world champion, Mark Wilson, the footballer, Ibrahim uh, Bohr, who played for AC Milan, our Ooh. good friend Zoe Robinson, the Paralympic champion, yeah. uh, that night, and a few more. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, that's great, and we really want to get you out of here because you, you, you know your shit. You're not just, yeah, uh, yeah, you're yeah, not just, a, not, not just funny and a good character. You really yeah. know your shit and your hard work, but we can yeah. see that from the get-go. Uh, so now you've been in the industry for forever, right? Uh, where, would you, where can you see the industry going? What trends and where can you see it going in the future? Well, I think now's the time for... Um, and I want to know Kev's and Glenn's point on this as well. Yeah, now's the time for it, like individual setups, you know, gyms basically. I think, I think the big health club chains have had their day and people are going right back to the start. Um, and you know, going to smaller, smaller clubs. You know, independent gyms. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be um, big time now. And I say that because you know, um, in an independent gym, you you have a lot more care and attention to the people right. that that actually train there. Um, you, you can't replicate that in a gym with five thousand members. It's it's not yeah. possible. They can try through group exercise, but. It's just not the same, you know. And I, st I remember the first gym I ever went to, I was uh, 17, and I class that still now as the best gym I've ever been to in my life. And I've been to every gym you can think of, Better you know. One. Not as good as this one, no. <laughs> well, you know what? That's why I want to come here, you know, because it's, it's the same thing as it was when I was 17 and I was training in that gym there. It's just, we used to go... They used to pull a coach outside. We used to go on coach trips. Everybody knew your name. You can't know everybody's name when you've got 5,000 members in a gym. Right. It's impossible. So I believe that the independent gyms are going to rise. You know, They won't put the big chain gyms out of business. They won't because you can't, you know, £10 a month for a membership and you've got all that equipment there. That won't happen, but people will start going more and more to independent gyms, I think. I, th I think members are, are more uh, educated now on what, gets results too exactly i think yeah. i think they used to kind of be sold by the the big corporate gyms like sitting on a machine yeah doing yeah, 10 yeah. reps moving to the next machine yeah some guy telling them what to do and then once they've had a taste of something like this where they're doing right. circuit training high intensity you know you know yeah using their bodies you a lot more see, like, and, and, yeah. and becoming more athletic and being more in tune with their bodies and their motor skills are better and all that kind of stuff once they get a taste for that yeah. like oh wow this is what it's about this yeah, is what exactly. training is they're right? getting actual it's not sat on a machine going yeah, you like can this never get that too, Do you know what i mean so yeah. it's like that once you've had a taste of it then word spreads quick and then the next thing you know we've you've got this kind of stuff going yeah, on and, yeah. and, and taking so off. they enjoy it more and if yeah, they enjoy it more, the they'll have more thing, fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then they get better results. There's also right. the accountability factor. I mean, I think people can justify the money in a smaller boutique gym because, as you said, all the trainers, especially in our gym, know you and are going to hold you accountable. And, and if you're not around for a while, they're going to be reaching out to you or at least wondering where you are and showing that they care about you and that they want you to be there. Whereas, again, if you go to an Equinox or you go to an Urban Fitness or you go to you know, Gold's Gym, none of those people, the only people following up with you are the salespeople because they, right. they want your yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Another funny thing about, I mean, maybe not so much Gold's and, and Equinox's, but the 24-hour fitnesses and all these other gyms that just rely on these recurring memberships, even if it's 10 bucks a month, 
they actually design those gyms in a way that people don't want to be there. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. put funny lighting in there. They put the equipment in a funny way, like just so they can get people to sign up for a year or two and not years be there. at a super low rate. But then they, they actually... Is that right? But I've, the light yeah, or not? Yeah. I've, I've read this wow. many times. And many, I mean, wow. <clears throat> I've, I've read many articles that have talked, spoken about it, but the lighting, the way the, 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 the equipment is set up and just... They, they make it so that, you know, they don't necessarily want to be there. And right. so they can sign these people up for Sell two more years. Nobody's going to say no to a $10 membership a yeah, month. Yeah. But then nobody's actually going to use it right, and realize right. it either. A few people maybe for, for a few weeks. You know what I, I used to think as well? Cause I used to train at a Gold's Gym regular and there was, there's never any space. Like anywhere, the only space in those big box gyms are like a separate room. Yeah. with like a wooden floor and some mirrors, right? Yeah. And then maybe some stability balls in that room or something. But there's never any space. It's just jam-packed with machines. Absolutely hammered, yeah. And the, yeah. the overhead for that equipment's crazy. But I think the smaller boutique gyms, like what we have and what you see with all these CrossFit boxes and stuff, is they have more functional, functional space mm-hmm. where it's more open, less equipment, but better trainers because the people are the ones that make, make the facility. They're the ones exactly, that make the yeah. gym great. And, and they don't, you know, a trainer doesn't need, you know, a thousand pieces of equipment they just need to know their knowledge and they you know they can get by with minimal amount of equipment yeah uh, yeah like we when we started we only had we had an empty warehouse with i think all we had was med balls jump ropes and mitts and us yeah that was it and people and like loved it two pairs yeah. of Pe- people belts. loved it because the they loved the people, session people buy from people don't they you know what i mean it's yeah. the corporate like bullshit like people aren't falling for it anymore people want people you know yeah. to People who care about and people who who, who want to um, help them, they they can see that genuineness from from trainers, you know. Yeah. So you think the fitness industry is definitely going to be start getting more of these gyms? I know in Sunderland that there's more and more gyms opening up, and yeah. like more and more people training and getting into it. They start off with the boot camp style things, classes. There's there. people there in Sunderland. One or two, one or two. Yeah, and then f- from there, like. Trainers thought I'm gonna get my own space. They got ambitious and they went and done it, which is which is amazing. And I think I don't know how well they're doing, and I don't think that they're gonna put these big box gyms out of business like you said earlier on. But at least yeah. they're going. If for they it. stick with it, it's a time surfing. I think if you just stick with what you're good at, eventually you will get busy, and then you'll get referrals. So you will constantly be busy. You yeah. know, if you just stick with what you love doing. Um, I mean, what's the point in doing anything else? You might as well just do what you love doing and just keep doing it until you're doing really well at right. it, you know? Yeah. So, Kev, what, what, oh, go on. I was going to say, we, we, me and Matt talked a little bit this morning at the Santa Monica gym about the difference in lifestyle, how in England oh, training's massive, not... In most people, it's not part of your daily existence. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's getting it's, bigger it, People bigger, feel but... dragged out, and I think... Biggest reason for that is probably the climate, right? It's always raining, yeah. it's cold. People, as soon as people get off work, the last thing they want to do is go out to the gym or sit first thing in That's the morning. That's what Scott Quigg said to me about coming out here. He yeah. said, you know, I get up in the morning for my run and it's sunny every yeah. morning, dry. Imagine whereas, that. Whereas people here, we saw it this morning, people just piling into Santa Monica for like yeah. three, four hours all morning. And it's just yeah. part of their, their psyche. They wake up. They and that's ready, why everyone's straight, in a great straight mood. To the gym. Yeah, like, exactly. Everyone loves everyone's it. Everyone's got a smile on their face. It's like as common as, it's as common as like taking a shower and brushing your teeth. You people like include yeah. it in their daily routine. So I was just going to ask you uh, how difficult you think it is to drag or not drag people in, but to get get people in come and train <laughs> with you over there because it's not really ingrained in the culture, especially in the northwest where we're from. Maybe in London and in, yeah. in the inner cities, it's, it's a bit more. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but we're, yeah. we're from smaller towns in the northwest, and it's yeah. it's not part of the culture. I mean, at all, I'm lucky. I'm in a. I'm, I'm working from a gym that has like four thousand members, um, 
So, you know, I can pluck from those members. But again, it, it's it, for me, it's just, you know, uh, referrals again. Yeah. yeah refer I've been it in a long time. So, you know, I, I just get referrals all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's good because you, obviously you're good at what you do because you're a work and personal trainer in the northwest of England yeah. and you're earning a good living and you're driving a Mercedes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> E35, was it? E320, so, yeah. E320. So, I mean, you do one all right in Rochdale to be doing that yeah I was talking right. about this the other night weren't we yeah, yeah. saying like you know on, on levels like <clears throat> I mean they say you know sometimes things can hold you back and I don't know if my surroundings are holding me back because I feel alright driving my Mercedes around Rochdale etc but it's an old Mercedes let's, let's say but if I was to move to Cheshire or to London and then I was to drive my Mercedes around there I would uh, I would kind of feel out of place I would probably I, w I wouldn't feel decent in my car, you know. I'd be looking at all these McLarens going past me and stuff, and Ferraris and shit, and I'd be thinking, "Wow, I need to up my game." And I think that would level level me up. You but know? if you did live there, you you game would up. You'd be charging more for sessions. You yeah. Would oh yeah. Definitely. It's like it's yeah. like LA when you come yeah, to LA, doesn't it? You're like yeah. a small fish in a big pond, but yeah. you start swimming fast and you start growing. You know. Yeah. So funny. Speaking of cars, the other night, um, someone come in, a couple of people come in the gym, and he goes. Did people come in? It's Bentley keys. Yeah, Bentley keys. man. And they just leave the What's keys. That they just leave the keys lying yeah. around. And then the front I'm desk like, girl's I'm... like, "I'll be in the back." He's like, "There's Bentley keys right there." Like, Bentley keys. <laughs> Did you get away with this? Like, I'm like, See ya. "I'm from Rochdale, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Do not leave your keys out there. Not even if it's a flipping Citroen Saxo like mine." Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. blown away. There was like Mercedes keys and Bentley Look, keys. keys everywhere. Like, iPhones all over the place. And he's like, iPads. And he's like, everyone just leaves it there. No one gives a shit. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's one of the great things about... I can't remember the last time I locked my car. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't have said that, should I? <laughs> <laughs> leave my keys in. White, rain, yeah. white oh, Range yeah, Rover yeah, with yeah. white rims. <laughs> so, I mean, but, but that's a, another great thing about over here. It's safe and for yeah. to have kids and all that, it's it's quality. I love it over here. So, Kev, oh, oh, let's move, take a step back and talk about the future of the fitness industry. I know you've got some mm -hmm. good thoughts on this, some, something different. Uh-huh. Let me, let me hear them. Well, what I was going to say, actually, I think as a whole, all goods and services, you know, if you think about it, not only are the, like, the big box gyms kind of on their way out, again, are they ever going to totally be out of business? It's yet to be seen yet. But I think you think about Walmarts, you think about all the Targets, you think about all these, these massive shops across the board for goods and services, all of those are kind of on their way out. Yeah. I think because, uh, you know, you've got online shopping, same thing in fitness. Now you've got online consulting. Uh, you've got online nutrition. Uh, but then outside of that, with physical stores, it's, they're, they're having much smaller boutique, more niche and kind of specified stores. And I think as a whole, across, across the board, you're, we're starting to see that trend, not only in fitness, but just in all, all goods and services. But, uh, but yeah, I think Matt hit, the, hit, hit it uh, right, on, right on point with the, with the smaller um, boutique gyms definitely being the next trend, well, not the next trend, that trend is here and it's happening. But then there's also the, the online stuff. And even beyond that, one thing I'm really excited about, um, and I've got a few ideas, I don't want to give the ideas away, but I think the virtual, virtual reality world is coming. Yes. It's not coming, it's, it's here. And there's a lot of things I think that are going to really take hold, of spe specifically in fitness uh, via virtual reality. Shit, I'm scared. Scared? <laughs> so, so basically what it's going to be is going to be some really super overweight trainer sitting at a desk all day <laughs> with some goggles on. <laughs> yeah. Virtually uh, reality. His, 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 uh, his avatar might not be that person. Right. It can be whoever he wants to be. 
<laughs> but they're going to be there, you know, with somebody else in their in their home gym, training them and telling them what to do. And, it reminds me yeah. of the movie Wally at the end, where yeah, they're all yeah. just sat, you know, yeah. communicating with each other through the screens and drinking big gulps. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have our our, our 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 glasses on. We could be anywhere in the world, but we're just. Is that other movie with uh, Bruce Willis called Surrogates? Have you seen that? I've seen where, parts of it. Where they're living no. inside a, a machine. It's awesome. It's yeah. really really good. I have a but, I have a question for you, for you like everyone about uh, virtual reality training mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. online training mm -hmm. with trainers like, mm -hmm. what are you what are your thoughts on that because me personally i'm not sold on it i've thought about it me too a while ago and then all the onit guys released like their own training channels and yeah. all that kind of stuff and i checked those out yeah and it just didn't feel i don't know what that, else to describe I'm with, it. I'm, i agree with you on that i think felt like i think virtual reality is the thing that's missing though it's not we're not there yet but imagine i mean you Imagine you, you can sit, and this is not ideal for us because we, we're active people and we want to be up on our feet, but imagine if you can sit in one room all day with a pair of goggles on you, and every single person that you train has a little, <laughs> 10, a little 10 by 10 foot whatever in their home and, and you're actually, you're, you're there physically, not, not in you're, presence with you're them, in their but screen. there and you can tell them what to do, you can coach them you can, and... and I think that is the one thing that's missing, and it, it will. I that think never that will catch up with mitt work, though. Do you think? Well, that's the, well. Because who's gonna hold them? Who's gonna hold them pads? You know. Well, yeah, well, the, not work. I just, I just think of it. If I, if, I, if I was the person training and I'm in a room, and I'm, I'm having to com, um, concentrate on a TV screen, mm -hmm. and my trainer's going, "I'll oh, keep your back straight," mm -hmm. and I, I just don't feel and like it's that personal touch. And it's cold. It's, no, it's, it's not there yet. It's not well, there listen, yet, but, but it'll get there. Like but well, listen, it's definitely the future. The them P90X and all them videos. That's yeah. a multi-million right. dollar business. Oh yeah. And what's the difference between that and the virtual reality? Apart from virtual reality, is much more personalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if fine. you can, if you can see what we're looking at, we're looking at the earlier market. The I think the market that they're talking to, Kev, you can tell us better, is more the the south. The, what's it? The just deep the, south, just middle America, right? Yeah, middle yeah, America, yeah. where they haven't got gyms and all that, and the, mm -hmm. and obesity is a massive problem, and over there and and that, and they just see these infomercials on the TV, and they're like, yeah. oh, you lose hundred pound in two hours, yeah. you know, and then they sign up for it. <laughs> it's mad because yeah. we see them infomercials and we're like, who watches that? Let alone rings up and buys it. Well, right? you know what? But Nobody... the fact that it's on the TV, obviously, there's thousands of people I'll ringing you, up and buying. There's, there's people ringing up and buying it, yeah. but I tell you. Probably 80% in the, and these companies will tell you this. They, they rely on the people, same with the big box gyms that, that see something, they impulse buy it, and then they never even open it. Yeah, right. You know, they never even open yeah. it. So well, all these two people, weeks later, they're like, oh, yeah. I forgot I ordered yeah, yeah. that. And, and they'll try it for a day closet. or two, and then yeah. that's it. Yeah. But that's how they make their money. That's right. how they survive. Imagine how easy it would be to be able to sell a virtual reality on that. You've got a personalized oh, yeah. person in your room, an yeah. expert, fitness expert, yeah. Yeah. who, not. You could have your own. You could make up avatars, couldn't you? You could have. You could be trained yes. by like Hulk Hogan or <laughs> <laughs> Mr. T or something like that. It was like, uh, and I've never said this before Hulk. in public. I'm not going to see anyway. I can't see that. But I'll, I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. <laughs> well, that was funny. Next, next well, time we have Holly Randall on, we can dig deeper into the yeah, virtual she's reality. Into it, yeah. well, she's going to. She she did it last time. Remember? Yeah. She walked across like a New York skyscraper. Yeah. So Holly Randall, she was on the podcast about a year and a half ago. She's coming on again. She's just released a show that's on Netflix. So she asked if she can come on and we can do a promo of that. So that's going to be good. Holly Randall is a porn director. She is one of the biggest porn directors in the world. And she was the one who was telling me about, I mean, you about the virtual reality porn. Yeah, yeah. Now imagine how big that's going to be. Never mind personal trainers, virtual reality porn. Huge. So, so now, Huge. <laughs> now you, now you, uh, you're with a hot chick 
in front of you with no clothes on and it looks real as fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Said no. so that is going to be huge. Maybe, well, they the, the already see that porn is ruining sex lives and all that. Virtual reality porn, fuck. These yeah. poor women. I don't understand. How are you going to have sex lives anymore? Like, huh? How would you feel anything? Your hand, it's your, your feeling. Oh, yeah, right. Also <laughs> on YouTube. If yeah, you with your hand. If you type in on YouTube, you can actually make your own masturbation device. Have you seen it? <laughs> out, out of a towel, an elastic band, no, <laughs> a rubber glove. Yeah. I've never seen that. I've seen it, yeah. Have you yeah. seen it or you've done it? You've done it? No, I've not done it. No, I've not tried yeah, it. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've drifted off. But yeah, virtual reality uh, in the future. Glenn, have you got any different thoughts to what these boys are saying about the, the future of the fitness industry? No, I think everyone's on the same page with this stuff. Online stuff. The, the, the main difference as far as the actual training I've noticed is people can be trained like elite level athletes. General pu population can be trained like elite level athletes a lot better and ease more readily now than they used to be able to. Right. Yeah. I think. Yeah. With, and that comes down to these these boutique gyms like Matt's just said. Yeah, there you just, get... and facilities and, uh, you know, evolution in equipment and theories and all that kind of stuff like the people i'm training i'm training them how you would train an elite athlete really doing stuff that elite level athletes would do yeah and i think you said before on your on your blog about was it you said that about people want to have a body like a boxer yeah right? or not the they don't want a body like a bodybuilder well some people do like man <laughs> yeah. but you know what i mean that that women don't women want to have a, a body like a like an athlete like a runner like a yeah yeah an olympic athlete uh so if we train them like athletes that's the results they want to get definitely yeah uh Matt, what i like what you were seeing on your blog as well about about trainers about how how you believe that they, they need to walk the walk absolutely i think that's um I think that's number one for me it is anyway definitely I think that if you are a trainer and, and your client says that they want to get lean shredded or they want abs let's, let's face it most of, most of my clients come to me because they want to look better um, and as a result of that they'll probably feel better etc etc but um, and th they have images in their head which actually aren't real you know um, they're looking at the front cover of a magazine and they're saying, I want to look like that guy, when even that guy doesn't look like that guy. You know, the right. guy on the front cover of the magazine doesn't look like the guy on the front cover of the magazine. But how can I turn around to a client who wants abs if I've never had abs and I've never been through it? You know, I, ca I can't school them on that, you know. I can right. I can give them the diet, et cetera, et cetera. But for me personally, I would feel a bit of a fraud if I was trying to say, if I was trying to get somebody lean and they wanted abs and I hadn't been through the process myself because mentally it's fucking hard. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's it the most difficult thing I've ever done. That's why I love doing it because every single time I do it, it just makes it, it just makes me stronger and stronger and stronger. Every time you, you do know? like a show, you mean, right? Every time, yeah. Yeah, every time I diet for a show. Yeah. Um, what, you know, what's your thoughts on that, Kev? On walking uh, the walk? Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's certainly... Um, important, you know, because if, if, if you are trying to train someone, you know, and we talk about this in our trainer development all the time, but if you're trying to show someone how to do a squat or how to do a plank, but you've never done it before, how are you going to know what cues, how are you going to know those, right. those, those coaching moments? And what and what it, feels right, right. where, exactly. and, yeah. and where to feel it, etc. Yeah. How to recruit the right muscles, how to activate and how to, you know, all those things. You're not, if, if you've never done them before, you're not, I mean, you can read all the books that you want. You can know all the science, but again, there's, there's so much I think more value in actually doing it and, and you know walking the walk yourself. So that, you know even if just you've do, never just been do there, it once, you know, and right. then you can say you've done well, it. And I you think know what it feels. I like. think you've got to do it more than once to be yeah. good at it. 
One, well, yeah. to be great, well, yeah, for sure. One thing I think the experience gives you as well is like when you're working with someone one-to-one and you're asking them to do something and then for whatever reason they're struggling with something is then being able to adapt on the spot and regress an exercise mm-hmm. or progress an exercise or say no try shifting your weight this way or that way tweaking things then they can get it right and feel it in the right spots yeah, yeah. that's where that experience comes in i i think because if someone's going through oh i'm not i don't feel it there and i'm thinking or why they're not feeling it there, and if I've not done that exercise, I'm not experiencing that yeah, exercise. Exactly, yeah. There's nothing that I can really do to to and, like cue them to get there. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're experiencing that exercise, oh well, all you have to do is think about this and try this, and then boom, they get it. Yeah, and not not only that as well. You know, if if you've had a, ever um, if they ever complain of a, a tight muscle or something, and 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 it's due to lifting weights, you know, chances are if you lift weights or you you do the training yourself, you'll have had that. Yeah. Niggle that ache, that pain, and you'll know how to get rid of it for exactly. somebody. You know what right. I mean? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like boxing, um, I see it before the academy. Like Terry Edwards, he was the most successful amateur boxing coach of all time, who never boxed before. And sometimes we'd see it to each other when he was being a pain in the arse, and we'd be like, mm. "How the fuck does he know? Like he's never been in there. He's never felt these nerves. He's never felt this pressure before." Yeah. Because there's one thing about being. A, I mean, I'm talking about mental side of you one thing about being a good trainer but when you're under that pressure uh, under the spotlights and you're about to walk out of the ring to fight some monster who's trying to get off <laughs> yeah it, it, it's fine for him to tell us yeah relax stay yeah. calm when you've been in the toilet throwing up and you've got <laughs> diarrhea <laughs> etc you know i think i think if, 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 to have had some kind of competitive experience in something yeah right is super valuable so sure that I think that's more than anything, not necessarily psycho- psychology psychological it, yeah, side of it, definitely, yeah. Um, it's interesting you brought that up because I was watching an interview with Chris Eubanks senior the other day and he was saying how he's got way more advantage training his son or right. any other trainer in the country because he was a fighter. Yeah. And he, he was at that level and he knows exactly what to go through and he's like, no other trainer has done what I've yeah, done. If you, so I've got more advantage over a trainer. If you, In boxing, if you're a great trainer and you've got that experience as well mm. i mean you can't but, beat that but, but it's very hard to find someone who's a great trainer exactly. and they've got the experience getting in there as well as we know being a great fighter or a world champion does not mean you're a great trainer not at all yeah. not you at don't all. necessarily even have to have competed at, at the elite level but you know and again there's a lot of uh, a crossover like you know for example i could have competed in basketball at a high level but not necessarily football or boxing, but I still know what it's like to compete at, at a high right. level. You've got yeah. that feeling. So there, it, yeah. you can, there's a lot of similarities there, so you can certainly relate. Uh, I mean, the fight game's a little bit different, I think, because, I mean, again, there are some similarities, but the fight game, like you're liter- it's just you and one other person in that room. Yeah. It's, yeah, not yeah, a team. Yeah, yeah. it's not a yeah. team. It's not... So the, you know that in itself is a dynamic. Once, that, once you, you get, see. once you climb through the ropes, it's just you and that other guy, and exactly, then it doesn't yeah. matter what your trainer says to you. If you can even hear what your trainer's saying to you at the yeah. time, you know. Yeah. Just about every one of my fights, I was walking to the ring, or just about to walk to the ring, and I think to myself, why am I doing this? I'm not doing this ever again. This is my last <laughs> yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. And then this as is soon as you finish, as soon like, as you're like, yes, I want to get back in the gym, yeah, I want to yeah, yeah, yeah. again. <laughs> and, and I know I've spoken loads of fighters that say the, say the same thing. Oh, why the hell am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it again. What's this the point? One. What's the point? Yeah. And as well, I, I remember I fought in Sheffield one time and we had Prince Lazim Hamad, he's old gym, and I was about to box this lad who was in the other room. I never knew anything about him, but all I could hear was like... Yeah. like ah, ah, ah. And you're like... So fast. And I'm in the next one, I'm thinking, 
oh shit, yeah. <laughs> shit, these myths sound amazing. And he was doing all that, that flashy, that flashy shit that he does, yeah, right? Yeah. I said, oh my God. And he was shredded, I remember. Big black guy shredded. And bah, 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 bah. I was like, fuck. I remember. I went out and I boxed him and I stopped him in the second round. <laughs> with a body shot. With a body shot, with a body shot on the abs. Yeah. It was shite. But yeah. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, it's just sound, a nerd, sounded isn't it? amazing, yeah. and that's kind of what we tell people in in the boxing world and the boxing world academy. You see all these fancy flash videos. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's good. It makes people feel good. The results are all right, but not necessarily means to know shit about so, boxing. Right. One of the uh, one of the first fights I ever had in kickboxing, I stood next to a guy, and you don't know who you're going to fight. It's like a tournament style right, on, yeah. on a mat. And I was stood next to a guy, and uh, I thought, this guy's got to be in my way. And he was probably about six inches taller than me. He had like a tattoo of a Kempo fighter on his arm here. And then in block capitals down his arm here, it said, pain is pleasure. And I was like, <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> shit my on pants. Yeah. And, and again, like, like you just said, yeah, I'm, I'm all day, I'm ill, I'm ill. I'm in the toilet, I'm throwing up, I'm back out. I'm like, Ugh pooing through the eye of, eye of a needle and then coming back out again and he wasn't even in my weight class and he was shit <laughs> as well he was savage as shit and I was like oh shit I wish I'd have got him now I could have beat him easily that's funny I'm it was horrible when I was 15 years old the first first person I fought he had a big tattoo on his arm and he was 15 and I was so scared yeah. <laughs> but I stopped him as well yeah, <laughs> so, tattoos mean nothing yeah exactly <laughs> I, can't uh, read, I can't read a book by its cover Right, exactly, exactly. That, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, fought, I fought a guy before who was shredded, not that guy, another guy, he, he looked like a bodybuilder, he was absolutely, like the best eight pack I'd ever seen. And again, <laughs> I seen him on the way and I was like, look at his six pack. And he was, a, he was a bit two inches taller than me. I was thinking, I hope I'm not fighting him. I hope I'm not fighting him. And then as the fights are going on, like in the tournaments as an amateur, about 16, you see he's warming up and then it's in the weight class, like, oh, he's, I wish he, he's not, still not went in the ring. It might be my opponent. still. It's like, shit, I'm fighting him. He's got his gloves on the same time as me. Again, I stopped him with a body shot. Yeah. Did, did you see that thing on uh, Instagram about a week ago? It had a picture. It had six pictures. So it had Billy Joe Saunders out of camp jogging, looking like fat as fuck. It had a picture of Tyson Fury with his belly out. <laughs> and it had a picture of Tony Bellew looking fat. Yeah. And then on the other side, <laughs> it had David Hay looking shredded. Yeah, it had yeah, Chris yeah. Eubank Jr. looking shredded. And Vladimir Klitschko shredded, and it was like muscles and bodies don't win fights. That's all class. three of them were all fat as fuck, overweight, and beat all three of them. That's class. quality. I love that. Love it that. just sums it up. It's true. You know, it's true. So, Matt, you've just done the Boxing Burn Academy. Uh, on Saturday, March 26th, we done the Boxing Burn Academy in Santa Monica, level one, and we had our biggest turnout. If this is the first time you listen to this podcast, the Boxing Burn Academy is our education program where we teach trainers, fitness professionals, how to teach boxing. And Matt was one of the 45 people that came to the course. It was our biggest course yet. Tell us about your experience there. Oh, it was great from, uh, from the get-go. I really enjoyed it. Um, I learned how to wrap hands properly, which is something... I'd never um, done in that way. I'd always wrapped my hands, but I'd never done it in, in that way before. And right. it, it felt a lot better actually doing it that way. And also um, actually wrapping other people's hands, learn to wrap other people's hands. Um, getting, getting on the mitts was great. T to be honest, the day was, uh, was great purely because, um, you know, I was surrounded by like-minded people. People, yeah. were, people were there because they love boxing. If they love boxing, they understand the buzz they get from boxing. Um, like all my clients understand the buzz they get from boxing. Sometimes I can see one of my clients walk through the door and I think, 
she needs to knock 10 shares of shit out of something and that'll be me. Yeah. So, you know, I hold the pads for them and right. let them beat the crap out of me. The, the, the course was really good, um, really well organised and I like the I like the way the day went. You know, you, you started off with basics on, on the mitts, etc. and you put it all together and then the nerve-wracking bit, the, the pièce de résistance at the end, like <laughs> the my one-minute assessment, I thought, this is my time to shine, <laughs> stepping through the ropes. See, that's the difference. Most people are like, oh, uh, oh going to the like, shelf. He's like, me getting let's here, go. Like, I'm going to make some it, noise in this ring. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Trevor, Trevor was, my, uh, Trevor was my partner, if he's yes. watching. What a guy, you know. I got him on the pads and he was like, pa 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 I was like, yeah, come got, on, son. You got lucky. You got lucky. I was very lucky there. He's been with us since the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it must have been fate that I got that I got him because <laughs> he could hold the pads just as well as me. So I was like, get in. Yeah, you know? that was good. So yeah. it was a great day, and uh, uh, the standard was 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 high, and I loved it. I really did. Yeah, yeah I it think it was. It, it's amazing. Like our every academy, it gets a little bit bigger in the numbers, but the ver the variety of people from from everywhere. I think we had three three or four from coming out from England. Yeah. And then yeah. people the from girl, the East Coast. The, the Irish Mexico girl, she was from Nantucket. Um, I don't know yeah. where that is. It's, where it, is it's, that? It's, it's, a, it's a little island, I think, just yeah. off the East Coast, like just off New England. Nantucket. Nantucket. Have you heard of it, Kev? I've heard of it, yeah. yeah. I have no Nantucket. idea where it is. It's an island, though, right, I think? Mm -hmm. I'm fuck if I know, man. It's American. I have a fucking passport, man. Just outside Boston. Where is it? Yeah, yeah. Massachusetts. Yeah. It was weird. Crab. Crabbers, you know. Who's got crabs? Crabbers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a great day and another very successful one. And this year we are traveling around May 21st. So in 2017, if you listen to this in 2018, you've missed this. May 21st, we have got Orlando, Florida. We're in the title boxing gym in Winter Parks. Jul June 10th and 11th, we're in Austin in the Honor Academy. Uh, from there, we've got July 9th back in Santa Monica. We're in help me Denver help. Colorado yes August 20th I think I'm Denver Colorado yeah we've got it wrote down here then San Jose San Jose September I think do you know the way to San Jose <laughs> <laughs> yeah so August 20th we're in uh, Aurora high altitude with my friend Cody, Do Cody Donovan former UFC fighter he's Jim Mind Pump Studios in October 8th in San Jose so that's going to be a good one. I'm excited to yeah, check think, Mind Pump Gym out. The, th Looks I'm like an impressive set. Excited about them all. And then back in December, we got a level two in in Santa Monica. Oh, nice. we got one in November as well, right? November in Santa Monica as well. Level one in Santa Monica in yeah. November, yeah. So if you want to learn how to teach boxing, you go to there and you can come to www.boxingburnacademy.com and uh, you'll get more details there. So uh, before we leave Matt have you got anything else to add about the fitness industry in the UK to USA uh, the, the difference is um, phenomenal you know I mean the people that the people that go in a gym anyway are generally positive people you know um, so that's why I kind of spend most of my time in a gym because I like being surrounded by positive people but the people here outside of the gym are positive people right you know what I'm saying so yeah. you, you can't it can't be anything but amazing to be around people i mean everyone's into fitness here you know right people are going to the gym back home are into fitness but you walk down the street and people are into tenant super strength and <laughs> cannabis and you know cigarettes and there's a I lot of that I, here too yeah. <laughs> yeah. pies yeah. Well, one thing what matt said when he first came out here which was 
really made me think about Walter White was uh, about, he said, he's, tell us about your friend who said he was a personal trainer at some bird. And she said, oh, oh yeah, okay. So this, um, <clears throat> this is a shout out to Stuart Ogden, actually. Um, and he was on Tinder a while back and he was swiping whatever you do, left or right or whatever. And so, so some some oh, girl actually me got in trouble. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> some girl got back to him and like they were chatting back and forth and they said uh, she said so what do you do for a living? <clears throat> and he said I'm a personal trainer. And she was like oh yeah you mean you grow weed? And that was <laughs> that was what she said. Yeah. So basically I think so that was the reputation. There's a lot of people. Like, yeah. Exactly. Grow. Yeah. Just <laughs> a drug dealer basically. So Shit. I think. Uh, I think they're using that maybe as a, a way of uh, cleaning um, bad money up, you know. Have you is, it, is, it, is it legal over there or no? What? Cannabis, no, no. no. Not, no. Okay. Have you seen the Vice documentary about the gym in Liverpool? No. Yeah. Oh, you got to watch that. It's yeah. actually unbelievable. Yeah, the, 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 the owner of the gym finds out that there was two guys selling drugs in steroids. Oh, yeah, and he beats yeah. the shit out of him. They get dealt yeah. with, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. That's yeah. <laughs> good. So what That's about awesome. that? Personal trainers is the way to clean clean drugs, drug money. In yeah, England. there you go. So if anybody needs to uh, clean any money up, I'm here. I only charge, uh, <laughs> I only charge 50% of everything you put through my books. Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is a great way, right? That is yeah. a great way. To, to, la- to launder money? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you said Walter White. I was like wondering, why, why, did, you, why did you think of Walter yeah. White? He did it with a car wash. Kev's Heisenberg. computer. Heisenberg. Uh, yeah. Heisenberg. So... Before we go, that was actually my kind of way of letting people know who I am. But I've been exposed. Oh, yeah. are, we, are, we, um, are we taking questions? You're not really. Got some questions. Oh, we've got, we got some questions. questions. Before yeah. we go, let's go some Facebook questions. I've got some abuse on here, actually. You did. As well. you did. Yeah. That's good. We actually have a question. Are we ever planning to open a boxing burn in Kentucky? But you have got the question there, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. One of my boys from high school. Uh, what's his name? Jeremy Melick. Jeremy. So yes. I'm telling Kev that we need to get to Kentucky. I need to get there <laughs> yeah. next summer. I think we're going to do a boxing burn academy in there. We're not actually going to open the gym there, but we're going to do a boxing burn academy where what we talked about before, where we teach you how to teach boxing. I'm looking forward to going to this lake that Kev's spending so much time around. <laughs> right? Eventually, we're going to open a gym there for sure. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Um, Matt, you have a reputation for golden showers, apparently. With John Dennis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a phenomenal fighter, by the way, back in the day. Nice, I've nice, never heard of him. Nice. Sweet was not good. So questions. They all disappear. So why Kev's looking for these questions, I'm going to talk about this T-shirt I'm wearing. This is the Box and Burn uh, vintage-looking T-shirt. This is available at boxandburn.com. We've now got an online store up and running, so you can get all sorts of hoodies, T-shirts, and that sort of stuff, boxandburn.com, and we send them to the UK internationally, anywhere you want around the world. One question from Jamie, uh, where'd it go? Jamie Sanders. I guess we could all answer this. Who is your favorite boxer at the minute and why? Uh, go on, Glenn, you go first. Favorite boxer? Go on, man. I, I have, to, I have I think. to think about it. Uh, and, Andre Ward. Andre Ward. I, I'd say uh, Triple G for me, even though his last fight was a bit, wasn't great, but I'd say Triple G for me. I think I, lo- I love him. I think he's a beast, mate. I'd McCauley say. McGowan. He's my favorite. I'd have to say Terence Crawford. It's my Terrence favorite. Terence Crawford, yeah, it's a good yeah. Show, yeah. yeah. He's, I love it. Love yeah. It. There's one more question uh, off Kerry. Uh, where is it there? Uh, do I get my head so shiny? It's, yeah. uh, it's Polish. That's what Polish. it is. Polish. Mr. Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to the Boxing Life podcast. Um, and 
If you want to follow us on Instagram, at Boxing Life, and you can ask us any questions there, use the hash, hashtag Boxing Life. I'm Tony Jeffries, Glenn Holmes. Yep, thanks for coming on, Matt. Kevin Watson. Thanks for listening, guys. Matt Nuttall. Matt Nuttall. My Instagram is M-A-T-T underscore N-U-T-T-A-L-L-1. And it's what that because I changed it the other day. The funny thing about... No one's going to remember that, but the funny thing about Matt Nuttall's Instagram... He, he had like 500 followers and he followed like 17,000 people. I like, mean, yeah. you, you need to get that ratio down. You need to get that ratio down. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll see you later.